0: Every new patient is like a tire that I've found on the side of a dirt road. You know, it's hot, it's dusty, there's a tire laying there, that's that new patient. My job as their chiropractor, as their health coach, is to come alongside them and hoist that thing upright, that they clean. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform
1: their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Francis. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Francis. And if you're a new listener to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, welcome to our family. We love that you're now joining with us, and uh, welcome to our growing family, our growing tribe of remarkable CEO podcasters. And if you are a regular listener, hey, it's great to be together. Thanks a lot and today and this week, and thanks so much for yeah being a part of being a part of this program. And we've got a lot of just wonderful feedback from many of you, and so thank you so much for uh, sharing with us how. You found this to be a valuable resource for you. I know many of you have built this into your weekly rhythm. It's part of your, you know, CEO time, the working on your business. And we greatly value that. You know, it's important. You know, I learned early on in my life. I remember learning in a a philosophy class, what you fill your mind with forms it, right? So we want to make sure we're forming our mind and that working on that CEO muscle mentally. And so it's just really good to be able to have conversations like the conversations we've been having and that we are going to have today. If you obviously can see from the title, this one is going to be about your business. And we're going to be digging in not only to the, the how you create greater retention, but really the why behind it, because that's that's what's most important here today for the CEOs is what is your role in you know, creating retention? We know that one of the big issues for many of us is you know, the sustainability, durability of creating a remarkable practice. You talk about that's one of the transitions going from build into scale is creating durability. And in my mind, I think about it in terms of my team, but I also, Doc, think a lot about in terms of retention.
0: Yeah, you know, I I remember Coach CJ Mertz who's just such an awesome chiropractor and such a great coach and such a big mentor for so many of us, including me. I remember hearing him talk about three doors in the practice, right? So I think back to hearing the front door, the back door, and the side door. And uh, the front door, I don't know if this is his original uh, material, but this is where I learned it. And man, it made an impact on me. Front door was the new patient leads coming into the practice, right? So the back door were people that would actually make it into your office, through the front door, go through your conversion process, but not convert. And they would just continue right through the practice, right through your process and go out the back door, so to speak. And then there was the side door and the side door, those are the people that had come in through the front door, converted to care, started care, but then fell out of care, right? So dropped out of care and dropped off while they were on their journey with you. So front door, back door, side door, man, those are three doors that the CEO has got to have their eye on really clearly, right? They have to have total visibility into what's going on with your front door, what's going on with your back door, what's going on with your side door. Today, Dr. Beat, we're going to have a side door conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody that should have this conversation, it's you, Doc, because you know, number one, when I first got into the Remarkable Practice Academy, I wasn't a part of the Remarkable Practice before, but when I got into the Academy, one of the things that I loved about that resource was as I started studying all the modules myself and consuming them as a chiropractor who had built successful business and really understood it and also was coaching other chiropractors. When I dug into the academy, what I saw was everything that was built from the attraction to the conversion, all the modules, everything was training was leading to retention. So that was the end in mind, right? So, and I think what happens is a lot of times we're a little bit short-sighted in how we structure our business and really how we how we build our model. And one of the things that I've really loved about digging into the remarkable practice academy and the resources, and now journeying through with so many chiropractors we get to work with, whether they're just in the academy or they're coaching with us and using this resource for themselves and their team is that the whole methodology drives to retention. And doc, I know this was not an issue for you and your practice is actually your, probably one of your greatest strengths, if not your greatest strength clinically was creating retention. But we all know that that doesn't happen if you don't have attraction and you don't have conversion, you have to have those two that leads to retention. And that's what enabled you to build a PVA of over 300 over a span of almost two decades, right? So, I mean, think about that, guys. As, you, as you're as you listening to us today, as we unpack some of the, as you doc, you said the pitfalls that prevent your practice from truly creating this remarkable retention business, which as we've talked about in a previous episode, is the best business model on the planet. And it's the most sustainable durable and by the way transferable when you get to that point when you get to the exit season remember there's four seasons so when you get to that exit season what's going to make your practice of great value greatest value is going to be that you've built this retention model this business that's strengthened by this this retention so doc can you just maybe give us a little bit of insight because i know that you know we're going to unpack what we're going to call the seven usual suspects or pitfalls and really the solutions for this and and why uh, you know this doesn't have to be an issue for you anymore.
0: Yeah, it's very much a CEO conversation, you know, when we talk about the business of saving lives, right? So when we talk about the business model in the business of saving lives, there's lots of ways to run a chiropractic practice and your philosophy or your model might be different than ours, but you know, we have chosen to embrace a retention driven business model, right? So because Like you said, Dr. P is where the win, win, win lives. It's a win for the patient. They get the better health outcomes. It's a win for the practice. You know, when happy people stay, your business grows. And you know, it's also the win for the team because that's where all the fulfillment lives. When you see these people really embracing the chiropractic wellness lifestyle and staying under regular chiropractic care, and you see generational wellness as opposed to generational sickness, right? So that's, we began with that end in mind and just built the whole thing, reverse engineered it. Like let's build a system that Just the natural consequence is retention, right? So uh, we backed it all the way out. Now, yeah, thank you for recognizing that. We did enjoy a massive patient visit average. The average person that started with us stayed for over 300 visits, right? So over more than a 15 year period, which, you know, we were doing something right when it came to retention. And, you know, I didn't quite really appreciate it as much as until I got out to the rest of the world and started coaching all these chiropractors and gotten real eyes on and meaning metrics. When I had everyone else's vital signs and I could look at everybody else's metrics, I was like, wow, I had read that the average PVA in, the, in chiropractic was about 18. The average person you know, gets adjusted 18 times in their lifetime, which to me was a shocker. I guess I didn't realize that that was really true until I started peering behind the curtains of so many other clients and chiropractors out there. And I just recognized, although their number might be two or three times 18, it was still an issue for them. They were losing so many people out the side door that it made me say, you know what, let's do a study on our practice, really break it down in a systematic way so that this can be teachable and reproducible, right? So, and that's where we identified these seven pitfalls, right? So the seven places where people will fall out of care if you don't have the seven mechanisms that we're going to talk about today from a high level to make sure that there's a level of automaticity. If just people go through your system, if they go through their process, just these mechanisms are going to be intrinsic to your process. You don't have to use memory management. You don't have to remember to do these things. You don't have to react to somebody dropping out of care, right? So certainly we have mechanisms for that type of responsiveness, but otherwise these mechanisms just live in your system and they promote and create this wellness lifestyle and this regular lifetime family wellness care. So, you know, today what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a a review or a showcase of those seven mechanisms and it's not going to be a how to, right, but a why to because as the CEO, man, you've got to make sure that you understand the big why behind each one of these things so you can lead it and make sure it happens.
1: Yeah, so let's dig in. I'm anxious to get started because I think that even if you just walk away with one of these, you know, it's going to go a long way today. So, I want to start with the first one here, which is one of the main reasons why people are dropping out of care is because of product confusion. You know, and this is an issue right now, maybe more in chiropractic than it was potentially 10 years ago, 25 years ago, because there's a lot more that you could be offering and doing in your practice. But I would say that one of the reasons why you know, we had such a strong retention business in my practice and why we were really successful long-term is because we were very clear on what our product was from the beginning. Now, we attracted people from all different tributaries. We had many, many streams. We called them the streams of people that were coming into the river into our practice. And our goal was to bring them to a better and brighter place downstream. And so we brought them in, whether it was through an external you know, a lunch talk at a local business or through my radio programs, or it was through, you know, a direct referral from a patient, or it was something that happened that, you know, they were searching online and they happened to run across our our business, no matter what they came in for, or, you know, maybe they got into auto accident and they happened to look up a, a chiropractor and our uh, website came up or something like that. And maybe they saw a review that somebody said that really helped them with excruciating neck pain. And that's what they had in that moment. So they give us a call, something like that, no matter where they came from. And I constantly would tell my team and we just, we never, we would always meet them where they were at. Okay. So we always meet them where they're at, but we always knew where we were going to bring them. So no matter what path they came in, what stream they came in, They were going to get into this river. They were going to get into this with us. And so we were very clear in it. And we weren't going to compromise what they were buying from us. And so with that, I had to be okay with some people going out the back door, Doc. I I did. I, I was okay with a percentage of the people that were going to come into my office. They were going to go out the back door. And the reason why is because if I was going to, quote unquote, allow those people to come in and have it their way, they were going to completely destroy the integrity of my business. And they were going to create so much stress and strain on my business that I just, I wouldn't want to do what I was doing anymore. I knew that that would happen. And all you have to do is taste it a few times. (laughs) You only have to taste it a few times to allow, allow that what we call tolerate, right? You don't get what you want. You get what you tolerate. When you tolerate things in your business, I'll tell you what, it always comes back to bite you, always comes back to bite you. And by the way, and when you're the CEO, it doesn't just bite you, it bites your team. And that hurts. It actually hurts more when it bites your team. When you see them suffering, your CAs and your doctors and your team really suffering at some of these things, like that becomes a problem. So the first why is that what you do matters so much. So the product confusion, it's the right thing to do is to be very clear, crystal clear on what it is that you sell. What is your product? And your product needs to be aligned with your vision. It needs to be aligned with the values and then you need, it needs to be aligned with your model and you have to have a system in place that actually delivers on that, the promise, it gets them to where they're, they want to go, the outcome and where you want them to go. And so again, it's, it's being crystal clear on your product that that's the first step. And that's going to be, if that is the issue, subluxation number one, if that's there, that's like the C1, the rest of these that we're about to go through. They don't even matter really, because if there's, if there's a lack of clarity on the product, in other words. You sell one thing, they bought another, you haven't created clarity about what and why you do what you do. If that's what's going on, you're trying to accomplish one thing, they're trying to accomplish another, then what we're about to jump into is, is not worth it. But I'll tell you, one of the greatest strengths that Dr. Steven, I know that you have still right now, and we use it even in what we're doing with, with our coaching and coaches, and now I'm seeing them be able to do it in their practices, is setting expectations and agreements. And so if you've done step number one well, you've solved the first issue, pitfall, there's the second, which is expectations, agreements. I know this is an area of such great strength for you and your business.
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately we all want successful, productive, long-term relationships, right? And definitely with our patients. So that always begins with really clear expectations and honest agreements, right? So failure to set expectations and agreements with your patients on the front end, really just sets you up for frustration and dropout on the on the, I won't even say in the long view, just on the back end, right? So, you know, I'm gonna pick up where you left off with product confusion, Dr. Pete. I know that people came into your office, there was no lack of confusion, no lack of clarity. Sorry, there was no product confusion. They knew exactly what you were doing. They knew what you were doing. They knew why you were doing it, right? So the product in your office was the same as mine. The product is the outcome, right? So, what we're doing is we are selling an outcome. That's what people are shopping for. That's what they're buying. We have our product and our process. There's an outcome and there's an experience. And it wasn't just better health outcomes at the end for a family coming into your practice the the product was there's a better health experience is a better life trajectory right so we're that was the product it wasn't just hey yeah we're going to we're going to extract a tooth that's gone bad right so like if you were running this a dental office is like hey you've got a tooth that needs to be pulled we'll yank the tooth come back the next time you have a tooth problem right if we were in a dentist office they were like oh no we're about we're about wellness for your family for a lifetime. We want to make sure that you keep a healthy tooth and gum for your entire lifetime. That's a different product. It's a different experience. It's not just an outcome. It's an experience. So you are going to make sure that you have total clarity of that. And that's really where the expectations and agreements would come from or would start with is of expectations around what are you here for? And we have to make sure that we have total alignment between what that consumer is buying and what we're selling, right? So, because if our objectives are misaligned, it's going to be very stressful. It's going to be terrible for both parties, right? So starting with good expectations and agreements from the very beginning with around the product and then around the process, right? And the agreements around it, this is what we do here. This is how we do it. In other words, this is our role as your chiropractic team. This is my role as your chiropractor, but this is your role as the patient right? Teaching them things like what do they need to do to get the results that they're looking for? This is a partnership. Chiropractic is a done with you, not a done for you program, right? We got to teach them how to participate in this relationship. That's about setting expectations and agreements, right? So, and your team has to understand that, that it's not only on the clinical side, it's on the administrative side as well, which sets up a good clinical experience and outcome, right? We need to set these people up for success because let's face it, seeing a chiropractor or any doctor regularly over your lifetime as that's not the model most people are brought up with, right? So the outside in reactive model is if you feel good, you're fine. If you don't feel good, you're sick, go see the doctor. They'll give you something to make you feel good, right? So that is not the model we're teaching people. This is a new way of addressing your health. It's very proactive. It's very, you're very much engaged. It's not passive. It's very active. And you've got to teach people this new way of taking care of their body. And we're going to set you up for success. Things like committing to a care plan, making sure that the care plan is scheduled out and making sure that people understand what it means to be a patient in our practice and how to behave. Don't come early, don't come late, come on time. This is the relaxation center. This is how you get on the table, get off the table, this is how you behave in the adjustatorium, et cetera. All these things, guys, are part of creating extraordinary retention. And it starts on the front end with strong expectations and agreements.
1: I mean, I just love talking about this stuff. I mean, even just hearing you, I'm like, man, every detail matters. Like all of that matters, like every expectation, every little thing. And I think. Maybe because I'm, you know, coming from the volume environment where every second literally counts, every second counts, but everything that you went through, and I often say this to, to clients and I say, listen, you know, we are like, we go into a lot of details. I was like, well, if you've ever done volume, you'll realize that's one of the biggest fruits of volume is you have every detail and every second matters, everything. That's why there's such a level of depth to everything. Even we say, like, if you actually said this word versus this word actually is going to create a different outcome downstream. I know because I did that for a couple of years and this is what I saw in the KPIs. So like, no, so like, so it actually matters. It doesn't seem big now, but in six months, that'll be a big thing that you said right there, right? So yeah, exactly. this matters and that. <laughs> and that leads me to the third, the third one, which is table talk, you know, which is interesting because there's different philosophies on this, you know, and I'll be honest. So I'm, um. Table talk is is extremely important. If table talk is us talking around a table about whatever, that's not table talk, okay? And, and I know that that happens. Docs, you, your patient comes in and they ask you a question about, I don't know, what are you doing this weekend? And next thing you know, that entire patient visit is ruined, right? (laughs) In a moment, because you tolerated it and you allowed it to happen at the beginning. And so, Doc, one of the things I want to pick up where you left off, which is this is how you get on the table. Because how that patient enters into the room to prepare for their adjustment sets up the table talk. That's something your CAs have to know. They need to know when you're training the patient on how to be a patient. And like for me, before I walk in that room my team knows exactly what has to happen. And so that I, when I walk in, I'm ready because the patient is ready. And that means a bunch of things. And one of the things is that the patient is ready to receive an adjustment. So there's no talking going on from them to me. I initiate, I initiate the conversations and that's always how we begin. And so with that table talk is it's continuous education. We used to call it, you know, I used to tell my patients, listen, I have to get continuing education every year. 24 hours a year is what the state requires me so that I can keep my license active and I can be in good standing and I continue to great take great care of you. So I have to do 24 hours a year. I said, when you come in, you get what I've got. So my job is to give you, and our job here is to give you our continuing education. So expect that. Every time you sit in the hot seat, you're going to get educated on our TVs. Every time you go to the bathroom, you're going to see something on the walls. Every time you get an email from us, you're going to get another You're going to get a blast of some article or a testimonial. Every time you come in and you lay down at the table, I'll either ask you a a question or I'll give you a little something, a little nugget, something that's really important right now. I think it's going to help you. That's just what's the expectation. So I set them up at the beginning, right before they even became a patient. So they knew we weren't going to be just talking. We're going to be educating. There's a big difference. Table talk is really table education. And education happens in a couple of ways. One, it's by asking questions. And number two, it's by dropping nuggets and little things for them insights for them to take with them right so it's continuing education that happens and you know so if you th- if you think about it as a continuing education model then you show up differently right so if i know that i'm coming in to teach a teacher class as a teacher i'm going to show up different my mindset my hat that i'm going to put on is very different than if i'm coming in and i'm just going to well i guess i'm going to adjust some people no you're you're actually teaching so it's a very different mindset how i show up coming out of the huddle going into that shift it's very different if I know I'm going in as a continuing educator. And then I know that these are my students, right? Think about the energy even right now, as I'm talking, that's a different energy. So imagine your associate doctors, as you're looking to scale doc CEOs, remember we're talking about the why. that this is the level of expectation that we have as a caregiver. When I show up and I'm doing the adjustments, I'm not just waiting for a reevaluation or progress exam to talk tick or give them some of this. No, it's an ongoing process. So guys, Table talk is the continuing education discussion. And, and I think that leads beautifully into the value of setting expectations, which I think can happen right at the beginning, which is the value of the workshop. And Doc, this is something I know that you in, implemented and now. And there's a different, there's a, uh, this isn't going to be a new thing for a lot of you as you're listening. This is a game changer right here for retention, the workshop. So Doc,
0: let's dig into that. Yeah, and it does start with expectations and agreements. Once again, it's framing. These are all totally integrated. These are examples of setting expectations and agreements. So, you know, just dovetailing what you just said around table talk and expectations and agreements, you have to, on the front end of this gang, set up the relationship when they're still available to learn what this new relationship is going to be like, right? So I call it the potter's clay paradox, right? So you've got this opportunity to shape and mold that new patient. And it's a short window until they've made up their mind. They now say, okay, this is what chiropractic is. This is what it is in my life. This is what it means to me. This is how I'm going to consume it. This is the value of it. This is how I behave, right? This is what my relationship with this doctor. Everything just starts to harden into one blade And then it's almost impossible to change it. Right. So just think of that potter's clay analogy from the very beginning. It's like you get your hands on that new patient and you got to shape it in that first three, four, five, six visits, right? But then they're yours. Are they going to be a beautiful vase or are they going to be an ashtray? That's your choice, right? It's how you handle those first interactions, right? So here we are, we find ourselves with this new patient, and I Know a couple of things. I know I want to teach them how to behave in the adjustatorium with expectations and agreements, meaning flowing in out. This is what we do, this is how long it takes, this is what you do, this is what I do, et cetera. Train them up, right? Then it's this is what's going to be said. You better be able to say, listen, Dr. Pete, listen, I know you still have a lot of great questions for me, right? In fact, you don't even know what to ask me. There's things that you need to start doing, things you need to stop doing, so you don't screw up my work and interfere with your results for your convenience. I've organized all that information for you in a new patient orientation called the Better Results Faster Workshop, right? So that's how you get people into the workshop. Not because it's an invitation to this really nifty, cool thing where you're going to be able to sit in a room with me and I'm going to teach you everything you never knew about, never wanted to know about chiropractic. That's not what the workshop is. It's I'm going to teach you how to get better results faster. I want to teach you how to protect your investment, right? So that's what they're thinking. Holy crap. I just said yes to committing my time, energy, focus, and money. The economist in my brain right now goes, holy crap, what a risk. How do I mitigate my risk? You step right into that gap in that moment, that pregnant pause where they're available to learn from you. And you say, listen, I know you still have great questions. In fact, you don't even know what to ask me. Boom, curiosity the next step for you, Dr. Pete, or the next step for you, Pete, would be your Better Results Fast Workshop is your new patient orientation, right? So you just fill in that gap right then and there. So you've pre-framed, you've built value for, and you've told them their next step is to get to the workshop. So why is the workshop so important? Because in that workshop, we're going to be number one, shifting their paradigm. Number two, we're going to actually equip them on how to get better results faster by teaching them what they need to start doing and stop doing. And number three, that creates an opportunity for us to really recruit them into the mission, you know, and to generate referrals by asking them who do they know and filling out their family members and their friends and coworkers, et cetera, right? So to get people into that workshop is such a critical step for all three of those things to take that believer and turn them into an understander. That's the goal of the workshop, creating the space and time where you can shift their paradigm, you challenge and shape their belief systems, right? From outside into inside out. That only happens when you create the space and time to do that. Don't leave that to your table talk or to your progress reports. If you feel like table talk is a heavy lift right now, doc, or you feel it with your associate doctors and they're like, man, they just are terrible at table talk or man, this is so hard to do. Here's what I know most likely is true is you are not doing a better results, faster workshop, or you're not telling the right message at that better results, faster workshop. So here's the key to it. These are fully integrated together. Remember, this is a system follow the system. I know you're tweaking it to make it your own. I get it. But the more you're tweaking it, the more you weaken it, right? I want to get everybody to that workshop. And at that workshop, guess what? This is where you're going to do the heavy lift of introducing them to what we call the dirty dozen, the 12 things every patient needs to know and they'll never leave you. Okay. So the 12 things they need to know and they'll never leave you. That's the dirty dozen, right? That's the body of your workshop. You're teaching them the dirty dozen. And guess what? The dirty dozen, that's going to be the the material for your table talk. So here's how I picture this, Pete, is every new patient is like a tire that I've found on the side of a dirt road. You know, it's hot, it's dusty. There's a tire laying there. That's that new patient. My job as their chiropractor, as their health coach, is to come alongside them and hoist that thing upright, do that big clean, you know, clean that big tire up and get it upright and give it a big shove and get that thing rolling. That's the workshop. The workshop is the big, heavy lift. Get them upright. Get them rolling. Teach them these concepts. Introduce these concepts. And then table talk. Table talk is me simply running next to that tire, just tapping it. Tapping it. Tapping it. Introduce the dirty dozen. Introduce the concepts that you know patients need to know at that workshop, in that environment. And then table talk becomes so easy. You're just running along that tire, tapping it. If you're not doing the workshop, then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up where table talk feels awkward, it feels hard, it feels heavy, and you're right because every time you're coming alongside that patient at every office visit, you got a tire that's laying on its ground, on the ground because they've been outside your office and away from the truth for a whole week or two weeks or a month, and now you gotta get that tire upright again.
1: Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo
0: Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, chiro matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Chiro matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire to learn more. Go to chiromatchmakers.com.
1: And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Yeah, it's uh, listen, we all know this. I've lifted enough tires to know <laughs> all you got to do is do it a few times and you realize just don't make that your norm, you know. And that, that's the issue. Some of us we've gotten so used to it. And what, so here's what happens. Let me tell you on the other side capacity, you can only grow so, so much because how much energy re- is required to keep lifting that tire every time? So, a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, People are going to go out the side door because they have to, because you don't have the ability to keep lifting the dang tire. And number two, you can only serve a certain number of people at any given time. So therefore, you're limited in your capacity. So you're forcing yourself to have low PVA and low volume. When I say low, no offense there. I'm saying you're limiting the capacity, the potential growth that your business can have because of that. So this is a really, really important subject matter. And we don't have time to dig into this. We could spend a weekend talking about this. As a matter of fact, we do spend weekends talking about this stuff. But so I want to pivot here and continue. So on the client journey, so we've we've been talking a lot about the front end, how important that is. So one of the, the things that we build into the client journey within their care plan, and we set them up as far as the expectation of this at the beginning, which is these checkpoints along the way. We call them progress exams, progress reports, right? So, you know, human beings... You know, think about your kids. Think about you going to school. We love seeing how we're doing. People love being measured. Human beings, you know, across the board, you love feedback. You know, people love being measured. They love getting feedback. There's actually an effect called the Hawthorne effect, which talks about this specifically that people are motivated by being measured and they want to know how am I doing? So there's a way to actually do this really, really well. And it actually starts again on the front end. So it goes back to the beginning where we set our expectations. We make agreements at the beginning and it's the specifically the third agreement that we make at the beginning when we talk about the path. When we talk about the path, we lay it out on them. It's like if I'm gonna go on a journey with you and we're going from across country, I'm gonna say, hey, we're gonna make a couple of stops along the way. It's really important for them to know our destination is the, the other coast. But on our way there, we're actually making very intentional stops along the way for a very specific purpose. And that's what we're doing is we're saying, hey, in this care plan, in this plan, which is gonna enable you to achieve your goals right? We are going to stop along the way to make sure we're on track. So it's all about them. It's all about them. So making sure that you're on track. And so people love that. Like, wait, so this is to make sure that I'm doing good and I'm on track. You want to make sure I'm going to be doing that? Yes. Now, because we're doing the table talk along the way, we are already very sensitive to the nuance of how's this person doing? So we're, we're coaching them along the way, right? We're nudging them here and there, wherever they need a little bit of support and help. So we're doing that along the way part of the daily huddles. It's part of the the daily visits, but we had this beautiful opportunity at a progress at the time of the progress report to bring them some actual feedback when we get some measurables on here. So we actually get some objective data, right? So we've got some objectiveness now, depending on your model and how you set up your business and what type of testing you do or don't do that would determine what you should do at this moment. Regardless, there should be some level of testing at the beginning and retesting and an opportunity to give them some feedback at this moment, and people look forward to that, and they wanna hear it from an expert, somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody who cares and understands who they are and where they wanna go, and when that person has an engagement with you, which is what a progress report is, what happens is you're able to get them to buy back in again, because people need to be continually reminded, because we say there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly, right? And we're not gonna get into that today, but there's a different context and scenarios that are gonna always present themselves at the moment of a progress report or progress exam. And in each one of them, they need to be handled very specifically. But with that, we had to understand that if we're not doing progress reports and progress exams, that's an issue that's going to be a cause for why we're struggling here. We're not creating remarkable retention. That's one. Number two is if you are doing them, but you're not doing them well, meaning you haven't set the patient up for it, or you don't have clarity around what should be being done or said at that time. Any of that that's off, some of the language and communication you may be using or not using during the progress exam can actually sabotage what your greater retention could be. So there's a lot that goes into this. And again, like I said, we could spend weekend, a whole weekend together digging into this, and we actually do do that. But I found, Doc, and, I'll, and I'm going to throw it over to you, but I found that progress reports, progress exams were even more important than the initial. Because what happens is the people were buying in because of their emotion because they're in a state of pain and they need relief and they're willing to do whatever it takes, Doc. I'll do whatever it takes. But now they start to question because they start to feel a bit better. Things start to change. This is our opportunity to really see, have we done a good job of starting to turn this believer into an understander like you talked about? And this is an opportunity for us to start to deal with the intellectual side of things, which is what really retention is. It's intellectual. So now they have to really start to understand why. I'm doing what I'm doing. And they have to have a deeper understanding. And these points in their journey are where we get that. We get exposure to where they're at, which gives us insights to how we need to lead that. Remember, it's a leadership conversation. So that's next uh, here. The next thing, step number five is the progress, progress reports as a feedback mechanism to drive greater retention.
0: Yeah, it's huge because, you know, ultimately when you say become an understander, one of the things they have to understand is their role in this relationship, right? For them to understand the dynamic of the relationship, that chiropractic is a done with you, not done for you program. And sometimes I get I'm afraid that if I say things like that regularly, you stop listening to what that means, Doc. I'm talking to you right now. When it comes to setting up relationships with your patients, this is, again, going back to the expectations and agreements. Think about the difference between a done-for-you service and a done-with-you service, right? So chiropractic is a done-with-you program, all right? So they participate as a partnership. Okay. So one thing we want to teach them is how to get better results. We teach that in the better results, faster workshop, something we call the three legged stool of results, right? Like for example, make sure that you keep your adjustment rhythm. Don't miss or change your appointments, break your bad habits that cause your subluxations in the first place or cause them to reoccur and add your exercises that will strengthen your spine and help you hold your adjustments longer, right? So that's the three-legged stool. There, There's a relationship here that's a partnership, right? And the progress report, that's an opportunity for us to create a level of feedback and visibility into how they're doing, but also an opportunity to create that accountability, right? So remember, they hire us for our expertise, but they pay us for our accountability. And that accountability very often lives in the environment of the progress report. You want to shut your side door, Make sure that you get your progress reports down tight, you know, which brings us into our next one. So, you know, some of you might be sitting here being like, oh my gosh. Like, when am I going to do these progress reports? Like, trust me, doc, you're already spending time. Most likely it's you're chasing people that have dropped out of care, doing those callbacks or doing consultations with patients who are upset because they were confused, right? So claw back all that time, which is no fun, right? And do this proactively and do proper progress reports. This is all part of your flow, which of course is number six, right? So when we talk about these big seven, these mechanisms, the reasons people drop out of care, very often- People drop out of care because you've got flow issues, right? Your location sucks. So there's no parking or your hours are off or you know what, maybe your physical plant is flow or things are wonky at your front desk or the way you handle phone traffic or response. Maybe you're running behind in the adjustatorium, man. So, so many docs just don't recognize that they've got flow issues everywhere. This back pressure, we call it, when you're talking about horsepower and an engine, you may have flow issues. So many of those, those could be tied to your schedule, and to your calendar. This is why we teach strategic scheduling. So Dr. Pete, again, this is one of those could be a three-day conversation. We won't let it be. Let's get to the last one when we say value economy, right? So the value economy is really a bit of a just a synopsis, if you will, out of these seven. What do you think when we talk about these economists that were taking care of these human beings? What's the value economy? What is, why does that push people out the side door?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it all comes down to value. You know, business exists because it's an exchange of value and and what you're actually doing is as I come in as a consumer into your practice, I have the four limited resources. This is what everyone has. You have them and your patient has them. We've talked about this in the CEO in the context of CEO many times which is your patient has four limited resources, time, energy, focus and money and you're actually asking them to exchange those in your practice in exchange for an outcome, right? The value that your business provides, which is the outcome that they want. And so what initially has to happen, and this this is where I think a lot of chiropractors are probably are doing well, which I would call you're good at starting people, which is I'm willing to make an investment of my time, energy, focus and money for a short term, because I'm in a lot of Pain and discomfort right now, and this is a urgency, right? We we call immediate goal. But what we fail to do is we fail to, in many ways, we fail to extract what is the short term goal and what is the long term goal. So this goes back to the second agreement that we make at the beginning, which is what are your goals, and the goals are linked back to the initial immediate goal to their first problem, which is what is this effect having on your life. And so once we establish that and we can then extract what's the immediate goal, but then what's the short-term and long-term goal? What I found is the reason why many chiropractors struggle with retention is, and this is going to the value economy, is that they're able to get the value exchange initially because of the immediate goal, but where they really fall short is with the short and then the long-term goals, is that I'm still willing to make an investment of my time, energy, focus, and money for a short-term and long-term goals. And that's the connection, is that we have to continue to go back and we do this at the progress exams. We do this at the re-exams and re-reports. We do this at that moment where we we have the goals conversation. What is your goal? Where are you at on achieving your goal? That, That conversation is constantly coming up because if I'm going to exchange my time my energy, my focus, and my money here at your business, then there has to be an exchange that's of equal or greater value to me that's worth me taking my time, taking my money, and my energy and focus and bringing it here. Now, Doc, this goes back to the previous one, which is flow. If it's easy, meaning your your practice is in a great location, your team is really well trained. Every time they show up, they're just like, man, I love coming here. Every time I have an issue and I have to call in, this team is so gracious, so kind. They always help me out. Like that type of thing. When I come in, you guys are always, you know, things are moving. Like I get in, I'm able to get in and get out. You know, it's not painful. Like y'all know me and you know my story, you know my case. Like it's good if I ever have a flare up. Like I always feel really good coming because I know you guys can take care of it. Like the flow flows into the value economy. All these things do. Goals, the flow, a lot of that drives somebody's decision to say, am I going to continue reinvesting year after year? Am I going to do this again for another year, for another year, for another year? And that goes back to, I think, the, the patient experience. Like you, we talked about right at the beginning. We talked about that it's it's about an outcome, the product confusion, it's about an outcome, and about the better health experience. And they're saying to themselves, I'd much rather this than going to a hospital, much rather this than being in a nursing home, much rather this than being on drugs for a rest of my life, much rather this than, and you fill in the blank. And so they understand that the value of them investing in their health here now is saving them a lot of pain, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of focus that they're going to have to put in other places. And they're going to regret and wish that they would have done something differently when I was earlier, Right. And so we prevent that. And that's leadership by casting that vision and them seeing it, becoming an understanding. And they see, this is the value of my investment here and now.
0: Yeah, Dr. Pete. when I talk to my kids about their education, I always tease them and I tell them because they want to know how much schooling we had. And I tell them how long we were in school. And I'm like, yeah, but when I go back to school and their eyes get big, I'm like, oh yeah, when I go back to school, I have to decide: Do I want to get a PhD in behavioral or economics, behavioral economics, or do I want to go back and get an MBA? <laughs> They're like, "What are you talking about, Daddy?" And that's really—I would love to be able to do that because that's this is the collision of both of those subjects, right? So when we talk about the economy of these four limited resources, the value economy, we know our premise, right? So. People there, when you look at the three domains of the chiropractic practice, our attraction is a reflection of our certainty, right? So our conversion is a reflection of our conviction Well, our retention is a reflection of clarity, right? So it's our clarity, our team's clarity. Most importantly, it's our patient's clarity around the value of continuing chiropractic care. It's one thing to get somebody to start care. It's another thing to get them to stay. CEOs, you need to hear that again. People don't leave because they don't like you or they don't think you've helped them. Right? That you haven't ticked them off or pissed them off. In most cases, right? People leave because they leave. They lose value around why they should stay. They lose clarity around the value of staying under care. Think about that. That's a dragon you can slay. And these seven mechanisms will help you create the clarity to make sure that they understand the value exchange right? So this is the MBA lesson, right? So when we talk about value, we talk about creating value. We talk about delivering value. We talk about adding value. We talk about capturing value, right? So here's your MBA course. The creating value, that's your education process. The delivering value, that's your execution process. The adding value, that's the perception process, the patient's perception of the value you add. And then there's the capturing value, which is the transaction process, right? So you add huge value and you deliver huge value. You create huge value in your community docs. We want to see you capture massive value as well. Because what we know to be true is what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs right now is more successful chiropractors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO
1: Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic.